It's TechBiter Worldwide with Bill Flynn. The latest on programs and policies, helpful hints, and a bit of occasional nonsense. All in more or less plain English. Podcast number 852 for the 6th of October, 2023. This week, the main article is really three short pieces. One about PowerToy's Run, a quick and easy way to start an application or launch a search. The next is about the now limited, unlimited hosting plan from Bluehost. And finally, a fond farewell to WordPad. It short circuits living like it's 1983. If you loved WordStar, you can now install WordZar and try to remember some of those obscure key sequences that made things happen. If you've ever read either a privacy policy or a website's terms of service, you are in the minority. A service is available to show the important points without requiring the consumption of many pages of legalese. And 20 years ago, only on the website, burning CDs and DVDs was a big thing in 2003, but few of today's computers even have optical disc readers to say nothing at all of burners. It was kind of a short era. This looks like a good week for short stories. Individually, these three items are too brief even to be an item in short circuits, but maybe they can be combined to make a decent main article. Let's give it a try. Occasionally, I mention Microsoft's PowerToys, which has more than 20 major functions, some of which have additional capabilities. These can be enabled or disabled individually, and many have substantial configuration options. You can download PowerToys from GitHub or from Microsoft's website and you'll find links to both locations on the TechBiter Worldwide website. Windows offers a lot of ways to start applications. You might have pinned your most used applications to the taskbar. There's the Start menu, of course. Or you can press the Windows key and type the first few letters of the app's name. PowerToys Run is probably the fastest way to start an application that's not on the taskbar. The default activation for PowerToys Run is Alt-Space. That's easy because Alt is adjacent to the spacebar. Patch My PC is scheduled to run daily at 11 o'clock, so I don't keep it on the taskbar. It'll run automatically. But I do occasionally need to check its settings. So typing Alt-Space and Patch My offers a URL with the text, or to open Vivaldi and search for the text, or the shortcut to start the app. There's also a warning that not all files are indexed. Now that's intentional because I don't want Windows to waste time indexing the entire computer. PowerToys Run searches for any file name that contains the text you've typed. Typing Power, for example, offers PowerToys, PowerShell, PowerPoint, PowerAutomate, CyberLink PowerDVD, and more. The first 10 possibilities are shown, and you can adjust that number higher or lower as you wish. After that, you can scroll to see other possibilities. For me, that includes the PowerToys directory, some images with power in their name, and some icon files. You can choose to have PowerToys run pop up where the mouse cursor is. That's what I use. Or you can just have it pop up on the primary monitor, or on the monitor that currently has focus. 
So if you haven't given Power Toys Run a try yet, check it out. And if you haven't yet downloaded Power Toys, you really should. And then there's Unlimited. You might think you know what Unlimited means. It means no limits, right? Well, the TechBiter Worldwide website has been hosted by Bluehost for longer than I can remember, all the way back to when it was owned by Mike Heaton in Orem, Utah. It was acquired by Endurance in 2015 and is now owned by Newfold Digital. It's unclear how many sites are at Bluehost, but more than a decade ago, the count was in excess of 2 million. Most phone and chat support now seems to be located in India. That's neither good nor bad, and Bluehost's India-based tech support seems to be average, or maybe slightly above average. I have had their unlimited plan for many years, meaning that a single account can have multiple domains, and there is no set limit on disk usage or data transfer. The new plan, effective next month, will have substantial limits, no more than two domain names. Well, I have three that are active. And no more than 20 gigabytes of data storage. TechBiter's podcasts alone consume 10 gigabytes, and the remaining files in the public HTML directory push the total above 17 gigabytes. So I'm closing in quickly on the limit. Now, I'm okay with all this, but Bluehost's marketing letter about the change simply said that there would be limits, not what the limits would be. B. To obtain that information, after searching the Bluehost site unsuccessfully, I contacted support, and even the support person needed nearly 10 minutes to find a partial answer. What's not okay, in my estimation, is that Bluehost should simply raise prices if they want to raise prices, not tell me that I'll have to pay another $7 a month three years in advance if I want to keep my unlimited plan. Certainly, they could examine the account, see that I have more domains than would be permitted, and that I'm pushing the file size limit. The email could have provided that information so that I wouldn't have to waste time looking for the information needed to make an informed decision. And CEOs seem perplexed by why consumers have little trust in their companies. And there's a farewell story this week. Have you ever used WordPad? Microsoft's nearly weightless word processor? Do you know anybody who has used WordPad? Minimal formatting is possible in WordPad, but not in a program like Notepad or the more fully functioned UltraEdit Studio. It was about midway between a plain text editor and a word processor. Well, now WordPad is going away. Notepad, however, will gain some new features. This is a program that hasn't been updated in many years, prior to Windows 8, in fact. It is likely that WordPad will still be present in this year's fall Windows update, but Windows 12 is coming. Yeah, I know. Microsoft said Windows 10 would be the final version of Windows. Don't get me started on that. The fall update should introduce Notepad's new functions, though. As with many new applications, Notepad will automatically save files. They will be saved to Microsoft's OneDrive unless you specify some other location. Those who are enrolled in the Windows Insider Canary channel can already see the autosave function in action. A word of caution, though. Do not enroll any mission-critical computer in the Canary channel. Getting out of the Canary channel is quite difficult, and you'll run into problems because the Canary channel is what the name implies, the canary in the mine. 
If you find these podcasts useful, and I hope you do, might you consider a donation? There are no ads here, and support from listeners is the sole source of income. It's easy. Just visit the website and click the Donate button near the top of any page. You can make a one-time donation or schedule a repeating donation every month. I thank you. And so does the cat. In short circuits, think back to 1983. Not everybody had a computer at home. At work, I had a remarkable word processor called Word 11. It ran on a Digital Equipment Corporation 1173 computer that was in a distant corner of the building. A dumb terminal on my desk brought the magic to me. I wasn't aware of it, but Seymour Rubinstein had been working on a word processor called WordStar. It ran on the standard CPM computers of the day, but also on those newfangled DOS computers. Because computers differed so much, WordStar didn't depend on function keys. Saving a file was accomplished by pressing Ctrl-K-S. That made sense for dealing with a variety of operating systems. But soon, DOS and DR-DOS became the standards. Microsoft DOS vanished the other operating systems, and that turned out to be a disadvantage for WordStar. WordStar was still the champion in 1983, though, even though I considered it to be trash the first time I saw it, at least compared to Word 11 on a DEC mini-computer. I had recommended to the owner of the company I was working for at the time that we should take a look at those DOS-based personal computers. It was my suggestion, so I became the PC guy at a company that had very little interest in PCs. Then a guy from Orem, Utah showed up at the front office. The receptionist decided that I should be the one to see him, and he showed me WordPerfect 2.2. This was a program far better than Word 11, and orders of magnitude better than WordStar. WordStar persisted for a few years, but WordPerfect was the market leader until the 1990s, when Microsoft, by being devious and by being large, took over the word processor desktop market. If you want a no-frills word processor today, you might install WordPerfect 5.1, but that would require installing a virtual machine application such as VirtualBox, adding an older operating system like Windows 95, and then setting up an old version of WordPerfect. Version 5.1 is considered by many, including me, to be the best word processor of the DOS era. I've thought of going the virtual machine route a couple of times, but always discarded it as being too much work. Or you could install WordZar. Note the clever spelling there. WordStar, same letters at the end, but instead of star, czar. WordZar uses the same letters as WordStar, sounds almost the same, and adds the additional humor of changing star to czar, which means king in Russian. WordZar is an open source project that has support for Windows, Linux, and Mac OS. It mimics the functionality of a 1980s word processor, but it does offer some support for DocX and RTF documents, along with WordStar 4 and WordStar 7 files. But why? If you want a basic no-frills text editor, why not use UltraEdit? 
UltraEdit Studio, Notepad++, or any of the other basic word processor, or even a more advanced word processor? I can't really answer that question, but I did start writing this article in WordZar, eventually moved it to UltraEdit Studio, because WordZar doesn't support copy-paste operations yet. And I use that function a lot. Writer Gerald Brandt, who has been using WordZar to write science fiction novels, is the main driver behind the program. I'm happy working in UltraEdit Studio because it's a text-only application that allows me to concentrate on ideas and words. Then I move text to Microsoft Word for basic formatting and then to Dreamweaver for websites or InDesign for publications. I can't think of a good reason to work with WordPerfect 5.1 or with WordStar or WordZar. If you can think of a good reason, download the latest version from SourceForge. You'll find a link on the TechBiter Worldwide website. The old days weren't better than today. Basic functions such as copy and paste are missing in the current version of WordZar, but they are promised for future releases. There is something to be said for the basics, and WordStar's ability to work on many CPM and DOS computers was remarkable. But it's no longer 1983 or even 1993. I've thought about setting up a virtual machine and installing WordPerfect 5.1, the most competent word processor from those days. But why? I can use Microsoft Word, LibreOffice Writer, UltraEdit Studio, or even Notepad++ to prepare documents for use in 2023. Sometimes it's best just to let go of history. Most websites have a page that contains terms of service, and there may be a privacy policy page. Few people read them, in part because they are frequently couched in legalese and written with the intent to obscure more than they reveal. TechBiter Worldwide doesn't have a terms of service page, but there is a privacy policy page. The page was last updated nearly nine years ago, and it is written in English that's as clear and plain as I could make it. Wouldn't it be nice if you could obtain a summary that's easy to read from commercial sites? Well, you can. Maybe. A project called Terms of Service Didn't Read is attempting to make sense of privacy notices and terms of service on Internet websites. A relatively small number of sites have been rated so far, and volunteers provide input that is then verified by staff members. Each rated site receives a grade letter, A through E, with some additional points highlighted. The Microsoft Store hasn't been graded yet, but both Bing and Microsoft services are rated E. Bing, for example, because it can read users' private messages, collects sensitive data that is then shared with advertisers, and the service can view your browsing history. Also, it shares your location data with advertisers. Terms of Service Didn't Read uses the shortened name TOSDR, which is inspired by the well-known acronym TLDR, which means too long, didn't read. The site's About page says the idea behind TOSDR emerged during the 2011 Chaos Communication Camp near Berlin with people from Unhosted, a movement to create web applications that give users more control over their data and privacy. 
The operation is funded by nonprofit organizations and individual donations. Even the Electronic Frontier Foundation receives only a B rating, and fewer than 10 sites currently earn an A, not even the TOSDR site, which receives a B. Other B-rated sites include Wikipedia, GitHub, Firefox Cloud Services, ProtonVPN, Vivaldi, and a few dozen others. Many sites haven't yet received letter ratings, but there are positive and negative observations about their policies. TOSDR isn't a complete one-stop shop yet, but it is a good start. And you'll find a link to it on the TechBiter Worldwide website. There's no legalese in 20 years ago on the TechBiter Worldwide website this week, or any week for that matter. Just take a look back to 2003 this week when burning CDs and DVDs was a big deal. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide. I'm Bill Blinn. There's more on the website, techbiter.com, and if you have a question or a comment, use the contact link you'll find there. Stop by again next week for another session. <music>